Welcome to the Buzzcast, the official podcast of the Stinger Bee League, an unofficial but officially fun Killer Queen Black League. Hello, everyone. We are your hosts, Blake and Kyle. Hello, everybody. Blake, before we start, there was some big news from our favorite Killer Queen Black developers, Liquidbit. Well, I guess they're the only Killer Queen Black developers, but they're our favorite developers, and they developed Killer Queen Black, and they had news. What was it? Boom. New map dropping soon. It's called the Throne Room, and it looks sick as hell, not gonna lie. The snail can drop through the floor on the map up to the ceiling on the top. You'll see, you'll see. There's a video preview out on YouTube, just go to look at this. Uh, Killer Queen Black channel and you can see it there. It's pretty darn cool. So that map uh, or the update that that map is contained within has been sent to the various platforms for certification and looks like we can expect it to be uh, released in the coming weeks. It is probably not going to be out for this season is finished unfortunately but you never know. We could be surprised. But yeah take a look. It's called The Throne Room. It's super exciting, and if it's not available for this season, well, it'll be a new adventure for us next season. Maybe we can do a bit of a deeper dive into it next week, Blake. Let's turn our attention to the current, the right now, the present. What do we have on the docket for this week, Blake? Yeah, Kyle, I'm glad you asked, because it's also some very cool stuff. We have a couple of special guests this week, uh, some Queen players, Ben and Tim, for our segment known as The Secret Life of Queens. We are going to review the hot B on B action from the week eight games and look ahead to the final week of the third season for the playoffs week nine. It's going to be a lot of fun. Stick around. It really will be. Well, let's uh, start things off with the week eight games, Blake. Yeah. So in week eight, we saw the cash honey billionaires take their match two one over the flail snails while Shaka, when the drone spell took their match two sets to zero over sting and the police. So, Obviously, Blake, you and I weren't available to take careful notes on the matchup between Shaka and Sting because, as is often the case, we were otherwise occupied, right? That's right. Yeah, obviously, you and I can't do that recap, but we can go to the source. Let's go now to Tim at the Buzzdash. Good evening, folks. This is Tim, and welcome back to the Buzz Desk. This week's action brought us a huge matchup in the gold corner, sitting with a record of three wins and four losses for the season. We have the scrappy yet versatile, the serious yet fun-loving, the team that lets Roxanne know she doesn't need to turn on the red light, the one, the only, Sting and the Police, and in the blue corner with an undefeated record of 7-0, and the team that everyone wants to see fall from their throne, yet dominates the competition week in and week out. The titan of snail industry needs no introduction. A shaka 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 when the drones fell. This week saw Shaka season two's MVP Victoria, aka Queen V, absent. Shaka brought in a substitute and a relatively new player to Killer Queen, Brendan Bacon, to sub in for the MVP. Big shoes to fill, am I right? Set one started off with a bang. Sting came right out of the gates with a quick military victory. Perhaps sensing that Sting may garner some momentum, they switched to full snail with Bacon at the helm for the second game, catching Sting with their pants down. Winning the third game really put Sting on the ropes, but those scrappy underdogs bounced back and brought it to the rubber match. Shaka really brought their A-game in the last match, getting two quick queen kills with the ever-brutal S-Bard finishing off Blake and bringing this set to a close with a Shaka victory. Set 2's 
first game saw another snail victory by that unflinching, unwavering new addition to Shaka when the drones fell. Sting answered back with an incredible wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, one, two, three military combo against Kyle, without Blake losing a single life. Shaka answered back with yet another snail victory. It's almost as though Queen Victoria never left. The ever-resilient Sting brought it to the rubber match yet again with an incredible dive kill from Blake. The audience waited with bated breath as Sting held on by a thread, but Shaka, going back to what they know best, hammered the last nail in the coffin with their classic snail bait technique. What a sight to behold. I think that a lot of eyes were on Shaka this week to see if they'd be able to keep their undefeated title with one of their players out of action for this week. Which brings us to... Tim's Turning Point. The Tim's Turning Point of this week is... Bacon! I've never seen someone with so little experience slip into the role so comfortably. He was really clutch for Shaka's win this week. With all three snail victories due to his diligence... I think Shaka owes him a debt of gratitude, or at least a beer at our jamboree. Well, thanks to everyone for tuning in. Blake, Kyle, back to you. Quite a recap from Tim, wasn't it, Blake? It sure was. Just a, uh, a statistical note to drive home the points about Brendan's effectiveness. Uh, this guest player, uh, he rolled in and, and racked up 2,500 55 snail miles in the first set, which is the third highest total in a set this season behind only, uh, you guessed it, Victoria. So just the natural. Fantastic. All right, let's talk about the other matchup between Cash Honey Billionaires and the Flail Snails. Sure, happy to, Kyle. So this was a 2-1 win for the Cash Honey Billionaires, but the real story uh, was the three consecutive uh, excuse me, I'm drooling. Three consecutive economic wins by Cash Honey Billionaires on that first set. You absolutely love to see it. It's just a thing of beauty. Uh, I would say Game 2 really summed up the Flail Snail's luck when Victor, valiantly trying to prevent his team's defeat, accidentally struck a berry with his mace. That berry went straight into the hands of Crystal, who was respawning in the hive, and had only jumped straight up to put the berry in the hole. Uh, Crystal actually had three game-winning berries in the matchup. Big numbers. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She put up some big stuff there. It was, it was, it was really awesome to see. After a hard-fought second set in which the Playoff Snails tied up the matchup, Cash Honey Billionaires struck back in the third with Tim making two consecutive game-winning strikes in games three and four to close out the set and take the matchup. Uh, so it started off as a really incredibly successful uh, econ strategy. It, it it seemed like as soon as they got a little bit of pushback, they they went back to uh, their roots, kind of dropping that entirely, which was uh, to me a bit sad to see. But at least it, it was great while it lasted, for sure. It was, and Cash Honey Billionaires did their thing, and they were dynamic. You know, I think if they had tried to hang on to the economic approach, it might have backfired on them. So they, to their credit, they rolled and they did something effective. You're right. You're right. And and that's a good point, Kyle. Of course, as we've talked about many times, uh, agility and, and being able to, to pivot is a is, uh, very, very uh, necessary thing for a Killer King Black team. It really, really is. All right. Where does that leave us in the standings, Blake? Well, um, we are now locked in for the finals. Uh, Shaka is uh, going to finish the season in first place with 8-0. Um, we will, can't wait to see if it's going to be 9-0. Uh, 
Uh, Cash Honey Billionaires is in second place. Sting is in third, and the Flail Snells in fourth. Oh, okay. So week nine is really about tuning up. Absolutely. That is, I couldn't have said it better myself, Kyle. It will be a tune-up week. All right. Well, let's look ahead to that week now, Blake. What are the matchups for week nine, and what would you say the keys to success for each team are? Sure. So the final week of the regular season sees Sting hosting Flail Snells, followed by Cash Honey Billionaires hosting Shaka. As I mentioned, the dust has already settled on playoff positions, and so it's now all about trying to build confidence uh, for the all-important playoff week. The keys to the games, as I see them for the various teams, are thus Sting. I really want to see Sting play like they're gunning for the champions. That means no coasting. Uh, they go into a match against a playoff snail team that we know has struggled all season long, but that if it would be a big mistake for them to take the foot off the pedal uh, in what should be, as you mentioned, a tune-up game. They need to they need to play to win, absolutely. So so focus determination and and just you know keeping their eyes on the prize. For the flail snails, uh, the key to the game is for them to believe in their growth. Uh, I think uh, it's not it's not hard to see that this team has grown all season long. Perhaps their growth has been a bit snail paced. But, but growth nonetheless, uh, if they can believe in that, uh, that's going to help them a lot. Now, of course, uh, there's absolutely no reason to write them off at this point. And for Flail Snails, win or lose, this match is an excellent opportunity for them to study the opponents they will be facing in the first round of the playoffs the following week. For the Cash Honey Billionaires, I would love to see them put a chink in the armor, play spoilers on that perfect season, and make Shaka wary. Shaka is going to be sitting back watching the playoffs unfold through the first two rounds. And what better way to make them a little uncomfortable in those seats by, than by uh, <clears throat> ending, ending this, this perfect run with, with uh, a real uh, statement loss. And then, of course, for Shaka, the leaders, the best. They need to complete this perfect season. Um, I believe that doing so is, is going to make them very, very hard to topple in the playoffs. And I don't just mean because of the skill uh, shown on on the the game, but but mentally. It's it's gonna be hard for them to it's gonna be hard for them to to lose the mental game if they do pull off the perfect nine and Or it might just make us overconfident. It could make you overconfident, that's true. Maybe Shaka should lose a game and therefore not be overconfident. Hey, you know, that nah. that might be some that might be some great gamesmanship there. <laughs> <laughs> oh no i i think i think we have to try for that perfect record while we can you only get one shot at that you know yeah okay go for it. <laughs> all right well there you have it folks those were blake's keys for success thank you very much blake so let's move on to this week's topic which is a first for our podcast because we have this week not just a special guest, but we have a whole panel of special guests. And by whole panel, I mean two guests plus you, but it's still a panel and it's still the first time that we're doing it. Absolutely. So I'm I'm very pleased to introduce two great friends of mine, Tim and Ben. I've known both of them for many years, so when the time came, I had plenty of social capital to cash in on when I went to badger them into trying this game. Turns out it worked really well, they love it, and they're great at it, and both have ended up uh, in the Queen uh, roles in uh, the most recent season and, and some of the previous seasons of Silver Queen Black, 
Standard League. Tim, Ben, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, this is quite exciting. Okay, so let me tell you about how this is going to work. What I'm going to do is I'm going to facilitate a round-robin format line of questioning. Or, in less technical terms, I'm going to let you three do most of the talking, and I'm going to take all the leadership credit. Sound good? Perfect. All right. So, question number one. Ben, let's start with you. Being a queen is a big responsibility. Why don't you let us in a bit on how that role fell to you in Stinger B-League this season? Well, as uh, Blake said in his intro, he dragged us into the game, and um, I was one of the first people to get dragged in, so I had a bit more experience than everybody else in my team. And so I had the uh, the leg up on everybody else and playing queen a bunch of times, and so everybody else was as comfortable with me doing it. And of course, um, that first season, Kyle and I were on the same team. And we, we were. the queen. Yeah, yeah. we shared, shared it, but I did most of it. Yep. And the final game of the season, in the final match, I was queen and I got the last kill to seal the win. I just pointing out that, you know, even though my team is zero and seven, zero eight, I have been successful in the past. <laughs> you certainly have been. The glory days. I think that everybody else has just gotten so much better as time's gone on. That's part of the problem. There were no fancy prizes back then, were there? No, I was looking forward to a prize. Maybe I have to pull up my socks here and have to get a win. Surprise win from fourth place for the championship. I wonder if the prize is socks this time. We'll have to wait and find out. So, so Ben, have you just carried on full-time as queen since then? Uh, not fully. Um, uh, Blake's brother Kyle and I were training a bit. Um, I like playing different roles and stuff, and I think everybody else does too. Playing queen's a little bit training at times. You have to be 100% focused the entire time, and uh, the pressure's on. So, yeah, it's nice to trade that off once in a while. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Ben. Okay. Blake, let's go over to you. How did you fall to uh, become queen this season? Uh, it was, I'm a victim of the numbers. Uh, I ended up as, I guess, a top four queen player in season two, even though I don't really consider myself a queen main. Uh, so that was the that was the mantle that was thrust upon me. And, you know, the, the, the crown is heavy, but someone has to wear it. Now, last but certainly not least, uh, Season 1 MVB, and I, I think back then, Blake, we had a separate award for MVB and a separate award for Top Queen, didn't we? Yeah, I believe so. And this gentleman here, Tim, took both awards, if I recall correctly. Yeah, so the the, the Queen Award was based on some obscure metric, uh, and then the, the MVB was a, was a player vote, so he was vo- voted by his fellow eSportsmen as a, as a top player. All right. Tim? That would be you. How did you fall into the role of queen this season? Oh boy. Uh, well, I mean, I guess it sort of just started back to the very first game. Uh, the entire team that we had, myself included, had never played Killer Queen Black before. I think two days prior to our first game in the first season, I picked it up and played a couple of matches just as kind of acclimatize myself with the controls. And uh, we had kind of our team powwow a couple of days before the, the first game. And I said, okay, Hey, who wants to be queen? And nobody answered. It was just cricket. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so I was like, okay, that's me. And uh, yeah, so just just brand new queen and, and hopped in. And it really showed this that first half of the first season, I think, where we were really struggling. But just through repetition, I, I sort of picked it up and, and just sort of stayed with it. And then Moving to this season, I just I every season I've sort of offered to to step down, and uh, everyone just seems to be comfortable with me being queen. And honestly, I I really love it. I I was super stressed at the very beginning and didn't really want the role, but now I just sort of I mean Ben Ben says it's high stress, but and that's totally right. It's it's mega stress, but I do I do adore the role. It's uh it's really fun. Yeah, you get kind of used to it. You do. You can you kind of chase that adrenaline, you know. <laughs> totally. 
But. Well, it's a crown that you certainly wear very well, Tim. Oh, golly. Okay, let's move along to our next question here. So, Blake, if the Queen's number one job was a song, what would it be? Ah, 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 staying alive, staying alive. Oh, that's by the Bee Gees, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes, so it is. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Blake. Okay, so staying alive. Yep, that's simple, straight to the point. Very matter of fact. Do you want to elaborate on why that's the case, Blake? Yeah, happy to. Um, You as the queen bear the burden of of being the sole path to one of of the... Victory Commission, the military victory. So that's a that's a that's a a burden. You have to be mindful of that in in everything you do as the queen. Tim, I'm not going to make you sing. Don't worry. But uh, where do you fall on on that? Do you concur with Blake, or do you have your own take on the queen's number one job? One hundred percent. I mean, honestly, uh, staying alive is is uh, is the most important thing a queen can do, and uh, it's. Uh, very very tricky because i find that being the most powerful character most on the map at one time beautiful uh is that you have that that real power that it's it's very there's a siren's call to get into the thick of things just to to to, to demolish and you have a lot of eyes on you so it's it's sort of a you know, it, it, it's tricky. It, it makes you want to get in there and do stuff, but really staying alive is, is really clutch. And I got a bit of a hot take here for you, Kyle. Um, All right. For the longest time, I thought that, that you know, Queen was sort of that, that leadership role, you know, like that, that real sort of number one forefront because all eyes are on her. But my hot take is that, honestly, I think Queen is really the biggest support role there is. You know, it's it's their, it's their job to to fill in gaps where needed, you know, to, 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 to call some plays, to, to, to stop the snail if needed. It's their job to stay alive. And, uh, and it's their job to, to really dominate those gates, you know, like you really control the pace. And if you're not on gate control, you're not, you're not helping your team at all. You're doing them no favors at all. So I, I really feel that, that Queen is, is really the most, is their most important role is as a support player for the team, as opposed to being sort of the top dog in the team. Interesting take, Tim. You know, I, I can't claim to be the most experienced queen myself, but you'll get no argument from me on that one. All right. Do you? What do you say, Ben? Is what's the queen's number one job, and is the queen a supporter or is the queen the leader? Yeah, I don't have any argument here either. Um, stay alive, be support. Um, I would just have to add that on my team in particular, I have to keep the laser gate open. Uh, otherwise, people get really cranky. <laughs> Who gets cranky, Ben? Uh, Gary, aka Poodlehead, needs that laser gate open all the time. You know, that sort of thing. And of course, I have to keep the the uh, mace gate open because you know we are the flail snails, and a flail is a mace. So yep, yep. Gotta, gotta have our our maces spinning, and uh, so that's that's my primary role in my team. Can I can I can I tell you that it just finally kicked in that flail snails had to do with the flail, the mace. Oh my god! Literally, never ever clicked in. All right, Tim, let's uh, get you to lead off with this next question. Uh, So now that we've very firmly established that there's complete consensus that it's super important for the queen to stay alive, the flip side of that is that we also know that the queen is a real military force to be reckoned with. And let's face it, the statistics show that the queen tends to get the most kills overall in the course of a game. So... Queen has to stay alive. Queen has to do a lot of attacking. How do you strike that balance? Oh, boy, you're asking a really good question. 
I, I can only speak from personal experience here and, and the thing that I really pay attention to. And I've noticed that for myself, I tend to go fairly heavily after soldiers because my team, the workers are typically not very military focused. They usually have their job that they're laser focusing on. And so I'm usually uh, taking care of the, the soldiers. And I find that it can typically be to my detriment. If you look at my my deaths as a queen, it's the highest per game of us four uh, queen mains. And I attribute that mainly to to my going after the soldiers, which is, uh, again, you know, a... Uh, is a negative, I, I believe, in my end there. Well, and to and to your point, Tim, you do have the highest soldier kills per game in the league by a long shot, by close to what was that? By about half half a yeah. soldier per game, pretty much. Ben, over over to you. What what do you think about that? What's your approach to finding that balance between staying alive and being a military force? Really, it's really difficult. You have to avoid the snail bait. Bond defense that so many times. Um, and I also find that I'm terrible at killing drones. They tend to jump around, so uh, I don't really go for them. And I also have trouble killing soldiers too, because if you get killed by chasing those soldiers, that's really bad. Um, so I tend to go after the uh, team squeak, maybe giving away the farm here. But uh, yeah, I try to stay high and dive down on the opposing queen balance that I try to strike there, and keeping the gates open. <laughs> that laser gate is special. <laughs> yeah, you guys uh, hear this too much. Have you guys even stock that laser gate? Can you go get it and kill the game that one? I like to uh, kill your your workers as they stand, all of them outside of the laser gate, all waiting. Oh, they're, they're lemmings. It's the best. It's the best. <laughs> Actually, I love killing the drone just as they're getting into the gate. And they're like, got the ferry. Oh, going. yeah. Smash. Oh, yeah. They're holding it up, up over their head. They're about to go in. It's so yeah. satisfying. Yeah. The poor flail snails, the whipping bees of season three. I do. I, I'll do. I do that to many people. It's. <laughs> Sorry, this is a bit of a this is a bit tangential to the question, but my goodness, if worker players, if you're listening, the worst thing that you can do in the entire game is stand and wait outside of a gate that's in use. Oh yeah. The game, you know, the game is 45 seconds, and you're going to spend three seconds standing still in front of a gate. I'm going to kill you. Even if I don't, you you just it's it's a huge waste of time. Worker bees, take note. Blake is going to kill you. <laughs> All right, Blake. <laughs> How your turn, Blake? How do you strike the balance? Sure. I would say th- this is a great question because I find that this is the the single most difficult part of being a queen. And I would chalk the majority of military losses against our team up to me doing badly at exactly this. And about when I, you know, when I make it make a choice on the wrong side of this balance, fall for fall for the bait. So I really try and choose my moments. Uh, I like to try and Try and rely on my workers to force the other queen's hand. So we're talking about snail bait or econ bait situations or cornering them for or forcing them, you know, into, into non-ideal situations when they're chasing them as soldiers uh, in order to, to, to gain a leg up before going into that kill. I, I really don't love going to 50-50 situations with the other queen. I feel that's sort of irresponsible to my team to, you know, flipping a coin like that. Uh, when they're working hard to, to reach another victory condition, but it's it's impossible. I mean, it's 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 just very difficult. I find to to strike that balance, and that is, I think, the eternal challenge of, of the queen role. Good answer. Okay, wow, very very different answers from all three of you. You've been you've sort of had consensus up until this point, but this is where opinions start to diverge. Very interesting. Okay, let's see if we get my, more divergence here now. 
thanks to the amazing work of Adam, our stats man, uh, we have a ton of statistics that we can draw from. Now, aside from towing the party line and talking about winning percentage as you know the only the only stat that matters, because let's let's face it, it kind of is, but it's not. There are other stats that tell the story about how we do and how we play. So, for you, which statistic do you look at, or which statistic alternatively is in your mind the best? measure or most important measure for you to gauge your effectiveness as queen let's start with you ben well throwing a little wrench in here right away but i'd say uh queen deaths you know die three times games over and military victory is the most common victory condition so really got the queen deaths down um but after that uh eight percentage um gotta get over 40 percent at least um, if you fall under 40 percent you're really being dominated and then, of course, I have my fun one, which is queen berries. It's when you uh, knock a berry into a hole as, as a queen, driving around, flying around, dashing around. Um, I've knocked a berry into only the opposing team's holes, I think. It's happened a couple times. When you're trying to defend to stop the other team from getting econ, and you accidentally knock the berry in and just shoot yourself in your own foot, score your own goal. Oh, it's terrible. But, um, yeah, so I'm trying to get my queen berry tally up. Uh, I think it's a key metric for me. I need some get some queen berries for my own team, and uh, I think that'll really help my team come through. Okay. If you had to choose between other goal queen berries and deaths, which one would it be? What's most important? I think I'd have to minimize death, deaths in all seriousness, but I really, really keen on these queen berries. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Blake, how about you? I like Ben's answer. Queen berries? Okay. So, Tim? No, 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 no. I like it, but it's not It's not for me. What I what I go in for is uh, net queen KDR, uh, kill death ratio. Uh, I like that for a couple of reasons. Number one, I don't particularly go in for a lot of subtlety in my stats. I'm sort of a meat and potato stat person. But I find that net KDR is gives you kind of a really good measure of how effective you are as queen. Your KDR against other queens is obviously very telling. I think that your your worker and soldier kills are, are almost equally as important uh, in the big picture. So so that net KDR is, is a nice nice number. Uh, and then second, uh, it's a team game. And I think that I think that looking at the team stats is is actually quite telling and 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 very important but but yeah just for for individual uh queen players i would say net kdr thanks you thank you blake uh tim how about you what aside from winning percentage which statistic do you look to as being the best or most important measure of your effectiveness as queen you know uh as i said before uh queens being a support player um I find that for the longest time, the number one thing I'd look at, and I still, I still look at, uh, is is gate control. I've I've often been the lowest or one of the lowest with gate control, and that's not due to trying or from not trying. And so that's always one of those ones I just kind of really keep an eye on there, just to make sure that I'm I'm supporting my team as best as I can. But I've also, uh, as I alluded to earlier, we're we're not the biggest military team, and we don't we don't always try to be and so i found that a lot of times my gate control will kind of suffer when we're really focusing heavily on on econ 
because I feel like you just don't need it if, if all hands are on deck for that. That said, I've tried to, I've tried to move away from that. Uh, and, and just like Ben said, it, for me, it's, it, the most important thing is, is queen deaths and that queen death per minute or that, that queen death per game. Uh, that's, that's the most important thing. I mean, it's, if, if I want to stroke my ego, I look at, I look at all the kills I've got and, 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 uh, and my kills per game, kills per minute. Those are all really awesome stats, but, uh, they mean nothing in my eyes if, if you're not, uh, staying alive yourself. Good answer, Tim. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's interesting how one's queen game evolves over time and the things that you look at, uh, how they change. Because, yeah, I, I used to be right on board with you, too, in terms of, you know, well, I, I thought gay control was what it was all about. And certainly my opinion on that has changed as well. Uh, just like you said, maybe it's important to be dynamic, right? Okay, good answers all around, everyone. Let's move on to our final question of the night for this council. Now we're getting into the realm of the practical side of Killer Queen Black and being in a league and being that primary queen for your team. So thinking about someone who maybe isn't new to being a queen, but rather is new to being the full-time queen for their team in a league, maybe a worker who's been thinking about trying out the queen role full-time and is feeling a little bit nervous... What do you do to keep your queen game sharp? Do you do you practice specific skills? Do you watch videos of great plays? Do you play solo games as a queen? What do you do? Blake, let's start with you. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I keep it simple. And, and this, this answer may be self-evident, but practice makes perfect. I mean, I just jump, I jump on quick play when I have 10 minutes. I'll, I'll, Try ranked when I need to, you know, be humbled a little bit. Uh, and second, second to that, uh, is definitely, uh, warm up games. Um, as, as Tim and Ben both were talking about earlier, uh, it is so intense playing, playing queen. It's so intense. Um, and I, I, it's a bit of, it's almost a bit of sensory overload when you first jump into a game. So I really, really, really value if I have the opportunity to play a game or two and just kind of, you know, loosen up a bit before jumping into the actual one that's worth points so that I'm already kind of past that, that, um, that initial like, uh, overload. Okay. Thank you, Blake. Tim, how about you? What, what do you do to keep your queen game sharp? Well, I guess to your, to the first part of your question, when you were, you were saying, uh, for the new player, uh, I think that uh, map familiarization is is pretty clutch. Uh, I find that, um, especially after watching Blake play um, on matches that I'm not playing, watching you, Blake, when you're just kind of dropping from from you know the top of the map straight down to the bottom without hitting anything, just straight down, over left, over right, down through, just kind of what I like to do and what I would suggest to people who are wanting to be in Queen is just get really comfortable flying. Like, really stay on the move. You should never be walking. Deacon dodge and learn to really manipulate your queen and get around the map as fast as possible and in the shortest routes as possible. Blake always says in, in, in matches of 45 seconds, you know, if you're able to shave off three, four seconds from, you know, in total getting places, that's, you know, 10%, 10% faster, 10% better. I think, I think that's really clutch. Oh, God. Let me, sorry. Let me please, please just very uh heartily second the idea that you should never be walking anywhere as the queen 
That's your that's a recipe for murder. Got wings for a reason, Blake. Um, I like grass. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the, the second the second really quick one, uh, I know you're asking about for new players, but what I found actually for uh, for uh, being experienced, quote unquote, queen. Uh, is that uh, Joe has actually been a pretty good um, a really good uh, resource uh, from the from the other league, and he's been quite active in our in our Discord, which has been really great. And uh, he's been posting lots of links and lots of um, uh, different button mappings, which I haven't tried yet. I'm going to save that for next season. I don't want to change things up too much. Uh, and different videos uh, and and just these things I think you can use to take uh, your queen. Uh, your queen uh, play to the next level. Uh, you know, we're all playing with uh, each other, and we're all fairly equal in in our standing. And and I think playing with people of a higher caliber or against them, and uh, and watching videos can really open your eyes up just to, to different strategies and just things that you never uh, would have thought of, or you know, that wouldn't have organically come to you. Uh, and it's just really amazing to watch that level of play and and just a want to mimic it. Joe, if you're listening, you know who to thank when your inbox fills up with new players asking for advice, help, and videos for becoming a queen. Yeah, Joe, can I get your autograph? All right. Okay. <laughs> that uh, last but uh, certainly not least, Ben, what is your secret? What would you do? What do you do to own your skills as a queen? Well, I have a pre-game warm-up I've started to develop. Um, put in some eye drops so I don't have to blink during the game at all. Nice. Yeah. Um, chug a few Red Bulls. Uh, I've been starting to do these push-ups that involve fingers and thumbs to try and strengthen my hands to get faster twitch. Yeah, I'm also starting to realize that my kids are, are super fast twitch reaction. I'm kind of thinking that Jonathan, my other son here, um, he's kind of a pretty good queen himself. Maybe I'll sub him in. Uh, and just not tell you guys, and uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I said that out loud. But yeah, in all seriousness, um, don't practice against bots. They're too easy. If you warm up against a bot and then go into a real game, you just get murdered. And uh, and yeah, practice against other people uh, that quit playing ranked. I just find that was good too. So, and, you know, I think I need to do some more practice and stuff because uh, I'm losing my edge here. Gotta, gotta pull up my socks and uh, help my team. You know, at least get a few more wins this season. I don't know, Ben. You're you're. Whenever I'm going up against you, honestly, it's it's always a scary proposition. You're you're a bit of a a, a Tim murderer, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm more of a queen hunter than anything else in the map. But, oh, yeah. you're scary. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> so if I can sum it up, it sounds like the cumulative advice for aspiring queens is practice push-ups, practice, talk to Joe, practice. I think you forgot one, buddy. One more. Pr- and and extra practice. Nailed it. All right. Well, this was a fascinating discussion. Does anybody else have uh, anything else they want to add at this time? Is there anything really burning on your chest that you want to say about being queen? I was just going to say it's been an honor and a privilege. Very also, I'm also very happy to play other roles and stuff as well. But I really feel it's an honor to be trusted by my teammates. It's very humbling, isn't it? Absolutely nailed it yeah you, you, you nailed it it's it's it is an honor and a privilege that you know that three other people are like yeah you're the one who's gonna who's going to uh to support us and kind of make the calls and all that stuff it's uh it's not easy and just you know huge thanks to my team for for being supportive of my of my crap calls sometimes the ones that lead us into in you know the pits of despair but uh it's uh yeah it's uh it's a real honor i think it's okay i just wish they would 
Um, <laughs> I just wish they would they would do an update that allowed the clean for fairies and vaults. Then I then I'd like it more. Well, there we have it. This brings to a close our first ever Council of Queens. Ben, Tim, thank you both very much for guesting on the podcast. Oh my God, thanks for having us. Oh, that was great. All right, well, Blake, I'd say that this week's episode was a crowning success, wouldn't you? We did a regally good job, I'd say. (laughs) Yes, we did. (laughs) All right, let's look ahead to next week, Blake. What do we have lined up for next week? Uh, Next week, we're going to have a little retrospective on the season that was, season three of, of Stinger Bee League, and try and break it down a bit. All right, looking forward to that. For now... We're going to say good night to everyone. Good night, everyone. Thanks to all our listeners for tuning in. Please join us again next week for the next episode of The Buzzcast. Woo! The Buzzcast is a non-commercial podcast and has no official affiliation with Killer Queen Black, its publishers, distributors, or developers. The Buzzcast theme song is Beasting by the band Low Doses and is used under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.